good, man? It's your boy, Derek Branch of Strike7Sports.com. In this episode of the Strike7Sports podcast, I'm joined by my co-host, Brian Bader, Leo and Seabury. This is another episode of Strike7Sports podcast. This is our first episode of the 2022 calendar year. Just wish all y'all a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Hope you have a prosperous New Year. And we, um, we're back at it uh, with a new episode tonight. And we're gonna, the first thing... We're gonna get into tonight is uh the Antonio Brown um situation, the drama that unfolded uh, a few days ago with a uh, Bucks wide receiver Antonio Brown. And I'm just paraphrasing for y'all real quick of what happened. Um so um according to the, the reports and, and the facts that have came out lately um, this uh, or this past Sunday, uh, Browns, uh, well, not Browns, but Antonio Brown, they were in a game with the uh, Tampa Bay, uh, New York Jets, and Brown was stated to uh, Arians, to coach uh, Arians, that he was wasn't feeling the best with his uh, ankle situation, and um, Arians wanted him to go back in the game for the the plays in the the con the, the formation that they ran that you know. That's you know calls for his skill set for what he can do, but didn't allow him to go back in the game. Well, he didn't want to go back in the game because his ankle wasn't feeling the best. And from according to Antonio Brown, that's when Brett Arians said you're done. Uh, pretty much pointing like a finger to his neck or something like a cut sign, say you're done. And um, so after that, uh, AB just took off his pads, his uh, helmet, um, his gloves, threw them to the crowd, took off the helmet and the. Uh, not the jersey in the past, put them put it together, put it to the side, left it, and let pretty much jog off the field with his shirt off. So um, lately, uh, a lot of you know different stories have came out, a lot of opinions on it. Um, ABS put out a statement from his attorney. Um, the Bucks released him. Uh, it's just a lot that came out from um, dating back to that Sunday and to today. And I'm going to read just a little bit of a report that came out from ESPN. Speaking on that situation, four days after wide receiver Antonio Brown threw off his helmet and dashed off the field in the middle of a game against the New York Jets, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have terminated his contract effective immediately, the team announced Thursday. Quote, while Antonio did receive treatment on his ankle and was listed on the injury report the week leading up to last Sunday's game, he was cleared to play by our medical team prior to the start of the game and at no point during the game did he indicate to our medical person personnel that he could pl not play? We have attempted multiple times throughout this week to schedule an evaluation by an outside orthopedic specialist. Yet Antonio has not complied. Maintaining the health of and wellness of our players is of the most importance to our organization. Brown and attorney Sean Burston said Wednesday that. The wide receiver told the Buccaneers he was too old to continue playing on an injured ankle, but Coach Bruce Arians rebutted having any knowledge of the nature of his outburst. Nor did he say Brown commuted to him or to the training staff that his ankle was bothering him. At no point that the game, at no point during that game, did he ever ask the trainer or doctor about his ankle. That's the normal protocol, Arians said Thursday. We go through protocols during games. I was never notified of it. Obviously, that was a disturbing thing. We were looking for him to go back into the game. Arians said Brown was agitated at halftime, 
of Sunday's game against the Jets about not getting the targets he was expecting and that he had to be calmed down. Browns returning told ESPN that the receiver's ankle injury and not targets was the source of Browns' frustration. To that, Aaron responded with a chuckle. The players know the truth. Things escalated in the third quarter. We called for the personnel group that he played in the entire game. He refused to go into the game, Aaron said. Aaron said, that's when I looked I look back and saw him basically wave off the coach and then went back approach. Then went back, approached him about what was going on. Aaron said, Brown said, I ain't playing. Aaron said, Aaron said, he asked, what's going on? He said, Brown responded with, I ain't getting the ball. That's when I said, quote, that's when I said, you're done. Get the F out of here, said Arians, who added to the added that he pointed to the exits and did not make a throw slashing gesture, which Brown accused him of. Brooks general manager Jason Light told ESPN on Thursday that Brown and his agent requested last week that the remaining $2 million in contract incentives for this guaranteed season, this season be guaranteed. The team declined that request, but Arian said he has always supported Browns and every other player's request to meet their incentives. Alright, man, so I'm going to just close it off right there. I'm just going to get y'all you thoughts on the whole uh, situation as a whole on um, regarding AB. Oh, yeah, Brian. Oh, uh, Antonio Brown's a clown. That's the way I describe him. He got a great opportunity to play with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was able to win a Super Bowl, so I'm happy for him. But he just didn't handle the situation the right way. And ultimately, he caught up. There's really more than uh, I hope he gets another crack. But I, he'll have to show a team a lot before they, they give him an opportunity. And so, NFL stands for not for long for a reason other than National Football League. And if you don't, uh, if you take, squander your opportunities, get rid of you. It just comes simple as that. So, unfortunately, you, you have to go. Just so disappointed in A.B. I kind of like A.B. I just feel that he's not... He can't... I don't think he can... He's, he's built to handle the NFL anymore. I just don't think he is. Talent-wise, he's there, but I just think there are some other things missing that need to be there. Personally, and I feel that trying to... Trying to alleviate, like, those... Trying to say just throw it, just man, he's not the type of player anymore that you just throw out there and just say play football. He needs, he needs to be helped with whatever's going on. Like, and I feel that there are personal things going on with him. I don't know those things. I don't. I'm not aware of those things. But I just feel that there are, and I feel that he needs to be worked with. But I don't think that his NFL career is done. But I don't. But I do think that that shouldn't really be a factor right now because if you are saw the reports. But they didn't cut him yesterday. They were trying to see what the, how the NFL was going to do, like to help with, help them out, try to help him out, give him some sort of help with whatever he may have going on. But I guess the end result was they did end up releasing him. So I think that should come first before we determine what his NFL future is. Anything else with that, Brian? One more thing. One thing, it'll be a smaller thing that'll be talked about, but I'm, I think the guy who they're going to replace him with him, uh, scored the touchdown to help them beat the Jets. So we should also be talking about how the B is done, at least for now. It opens up an opportunity 
for someone who who may who may have just not gotten up to maybe had screwed up. So I'm rooting for the kid. I think his name is I don't know his name exactly. But I'm glad, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that's next. I'm glad he's getting the opportunity. But maybe he's had too many chances. But yeah, but I agree with Leah. He needs to get his mental health right before he gets on a football field again. Are we sure it's, it's mental health or it's just AB being AB? Because it, it is the, the narrative is that the narrative is that ever since he took the hit with uh, against uh, the hit from uh, Vontez Burfett in the playoff game against Cincinnati is where he went off the rails. That I don't, I don't really agree with that. That's kind of a lazy take, you know. It's just um, AB has been going off the rails since before that hit. You know, he's been like a teammate, been this type of teammate um, ever since. Um, I think he is the ultimate diva, you know, if you want to say that. You know, great player, great talent. Um, teams are willing to deal with it, with his uh, issues until they can no, no longer deal with it. Uh, thought, you know, maybe he could have, things could have worked out with uh, Tampa Bay with uh, Tom Brady there, but even that's. Even that's falling through. But um, hopefully, man, whatever it is, man, AB gives the help that he needs. Um, this, is just like, this is a very, you know, strange story that this guy had an ankle injury that wasn't allowing him to play. <laughs> Not allowing him to go back in the game. But, well, the coaches didn't know about it. But, um, you know, you want, you want him to go back in the game, but he says no because his ankle. It, it could be – it's a, it could be a lot of things, man. We that we really, really don't know about. It could be the targets, man. You know what I'm saying? Could be the lack of targets. <laughs> you know, but uh, it just I'm trying not to say too much on it, man, because it's just you know a lot of as you know still stuff come out every day on the story. You know what I'm saying? So I just hope he gets the help that he get, he needs to get. You know, I hope he just tighten tighten it up before it's too late, before his career. It's over before no teams, you know, have interest interest in him like uh, they did for Terrell Owens. You know, and Terrell Owens is like a different, whole different situation right there. Yeah, I agree with you. It was funny, Terrell, uh, Terrell Owens. I don't know if you saw this. He was trying to, yeah. if they need to be they should call him. He's always trying to do that. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Antonio Brown, I hope he gets another chance, but I, I, I'll be stunned if he gets another chance at this point. You'll be At least, I think done this season, maybe next season, but I'll, I'll be stunned. Yeah, he, he has to to prove to the organization for them to give him a chance. Yeah, he'll he'll get back on the field, man. I think he'll get back on the field soon. Well, next next season, man. Somebody's gonna take a flyer on a flyer on him. Maybe Dallas. Um, maybe maybe be Green Bay. You know, somebody's gonna take a chance on him, man. Chicago. Somebody will. Sign this guy. I don't think he's gonna sit on the on the sidelines that long, on the unemployment line that long. You know, I don't think nobody's gonna bring him in for the playoffs. You know, unless it's the Rams. You know, they they always need more. You know what I'm saying? But I don't think it's gonna happen. I think it's just it's just a layer. It's a layered story. Man, story got many layers to it that we don't know about. I just find it strange that he had these issues leading up to the game, and it not he's not it, it wasn't reported. You know, I just. Interesting, but we'll see. All right, so next, we're going to talk about college football, man, and um, talk about how the uh, how Alabama is dominating the college football, the landscape of college football, and 
it seems that no teams can really uproot them from their their position as a um a college football powerhouse unless it's it's Clemson. But I want to um point some out here with Alabama and their records over the years and the teams that were able to beat them in the region they were they were the region that team was was from. So I'm gonna date it back from uh to uh 2000 I would say 2014. 2014, the first year of the uh, college football playoffs. They went, they lost to Ole Miss that year. Um, and they, they got clipped by uh, Ohio State in the, um, the playoffs by uh, Cardell Jones. Ohio State won a national championship that year. 2015, they lost against the Ole Miss. And they won the national championship against Deshaun Watson. They went 14-1. and 2016, they went um, undefeated again, lost to uh, Clemson in the national championship game. 2017, they went 13-1, won the national championship again. They lost to, uh, I think it was to Auburn that year, won the national championship game against uh, Georgia. 2018, went undefeated that year, lost against uh, Clemson in the national championship game. 14-1, 2019, LSU got them. And Auburn got them, so they didn't no national no, 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 no uh, playoff appearance. 2020, 13-0. Uh, pretty much one of the best teams of that of the that era of saving pandemic year. They won the national championship. This year they lost to Texas A&M, and but they were able to get the rebound, get into the national championship game. They beat Cincinnati. So I say all that to say the teams that have giving Alabama problems are teams that are in the South for the most part. Teams that are situated in this in this near the, the Mason Dixon line. You know, miss old team like Ole Miss that had the personnel to mess with him that year where he freeze, he beat him. Clemson, Dabble Sweeney, a guy that can recruit, um, bring the bring in the, the guy that can bring the same type of players. At Saban, he beat him. LSU, at Ogeron, he be, he got lucky. He got Borough, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Clyde Edward Alaire, Patrick Queen, all those great players. He beat him. It's, it's just the team, Auburn, they got him. With, um, in the South, Texas, they, they're situated in the South. They beat him. So you see the pattern here? So I want to ask y'all. Well, the other teams that are like, do you ever think there's going to be a time where a team like in the Midwest is going to beat Alabama outside of Ohio State? Yeah. That's not I, in the I think, South. I think it's possible. While those teams are in the South, those teams not only have great coaches, they, they recruit at a high level. And I think that's the key. So if you can do those, if you have great coaches and recruit at a high level, you have a chance to beat Alabama. And if you don't, it's going to be really hard to do that. It's just as simple as that. So I don't really, I don't really look at that. I see, I see where you're going, but I, I, I'm not sure if like when I look at that oh, Clemson one because they're in the South. I just looked at they, they really uh, well coached and had great. And so I feel like if Lincoln Riley, for example, can do that at USC, it's going to be harder than some people think because Oregon, they're going to take a small step back, but they'll be there pretty soon. 
mean, someone made the good point. It's hard to get those big bodies that you have in the southeast on the west coast. So he'll have to do some recruiting in Texas and on that west coast, on the east coast to um, get some of the bodies you'll need to beat in Alabama. But I, I don't think it's impossible for a team that's not in the south to beat Alabama. I just think again they got to have the great coaches and the great recruits you do those and I think you also have to have an elite quarterback to win team and Lincoln Riley he has that part down you know he'll have an elite quarterback so the question is can he get better recruits at USC I think that's part of the reason why he took that job and can he get better staff recruit at that level or can he start uh, staff members to get to that um, and other schools like that can do that then I think they can beat an Alabama Like 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 you said, I kind of don't look at it as a um, area situation, but I kind of see what he's saying too. Because like you said, you have to look at look at that too. Because like like you were saying, it's hard to get those big uh, brains. It's hard to get those big body guys out there on the West Coast. You don't see those. You don't see those big burly linemen playing at at USC and Washington State and UCLA like you said, and those cornbread fed guys that are in. Down the, down in the SEC, but I do think there's something you do have something there because as you notice on the on the big stages, Alabama wipes goes to work with goes to work against those teams that aren't from the South. Like when they played Ohio State in the playoffs, you saw what happened, dominated. And then these teams, the teams that are giving them, like you said, the LSU's, the Clemson's, even the Auburn's in their own state, yeah, giving them the problems. And so you have to think about that too. And he and obviously Texas A and M. Gave them problems, and so yeah, it's, it, I think the team, I think teams within their conference, the team that they play regularly, some of the time they play up to Bama, and maybe Bama sometimes plays down to them, but I think a lot, a lot of times they play up to Bama. Whereas when other teams from like around, from around like a nation, when they get like in the playoffs, I think it's just like a Cincinnati, which I think deserved to be there, but when they got there, it's just. It just it just see that it's levels to this when you're in comparison to like the SEC in general. Like there's just levels, even though the bowl record wasn't great, there's still a class in their own. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I want to add add this to it as well. All right. So, what are the top schools in the in the, in the Midwest? You know, East Coast. You know, region. Michigan, Ohio State, Notre Dame. Uh, what's another one? Cincinnati. You can add them to that list. Um, who else? That's pretty much it, ain't it? Ain't it? Uh, you maybe say Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin. I mean, but they're not even. They played Alabama before, and it just it was no contest. You know, it's these schools on top of that. These schools got got strict academic standards. That's a good point. And I don't even know if. You know, the NIL is the NIL can even have a factor with, with, with you know going forward beating Alabama. That's why I say the teams that are gonna give him the issues or in the South gotta have good head coaches, good quarterback play, and good recruits. You know, I mean Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh is, is legit. Is straight, but I like. That scheme he's running ain't gonna is not gonna cut it against an SEC school. 
It's just that simple. Uh, I, I think it's part of it's a talent issue. Yeah. Part of it. I don't know if it's necessarily scheming. I think, and also I think this Georgia defense they go down is one of the greatest defenses of all time. Hey, you know what, man? You know what? I don't know if I can yeah. give him that, man, because see, this is the thing why we might need more playoff playoff games because questions questions don't get answered. Because if they played Ohio State, then we probably could say that was one of the greatest defenses ever. But they didn't play Ohio State. But you can only play who's in front of you. You can't worry about that. Yeah, I, I can. Yeah, I can't agree with you on that, DB. They they beat who was in the head in front of them. They they can't. It's not their fault. Michigan won. Yeah, it's not. It's not their fault. And they just only like you said. I'm not gonna lie. Now. I do agree, Brian. It would have been more fun to see them play against Ohio State because I'm not gonna lie, Michigan's uh, offense isn't built like they have great backs, but their quarterbacks are just both of them are just were just so limited. Yeah. They really Georgia really game plan, Brian. All they had to do was uh, drawing DB. All they had to really do was I mean it's hard considering Michigan State has a great Michigan has a really good run game, but obviously they had one of the top defenses in the name in the country in Georgia. All they had to do was really stop the run. Yeah. Really what. Really, you think you would give them whatever they're going to get in the pass game, which wasn't going to be much. So, and it wasn't much. So, all you had to do was really stop the run. They only had to play one one really part of defense was stopping the run, and it's all happened. Yeah. So let me ask you this: Do you think this is going to change anytime soon, or it's going to be more the same? Wait, one other thing I was going to add, because you know who Josh Pate is. Yeah, I know. I listen to Pate. He said like a lot of the way we look at college football. A lot of it is kind of like, um, what's the right word? I don't know. Maybe we're a little delusional. Like, we think that some of these teams are unbeatable when you think about it. And some of them are really tough to beat. But we're going through, we're in an era where the, we have the greatest coach of all time. And so, Nick Saban is so dominant, it makes us, like, not think that once he leaves that it's going to be like there'll be another school that does that. I didn't use these exact words, but basically saying that this isn't going to last forever. And if you don't have patience, then you 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 may not be able to build, like a coach that's building, for example. I can't think of one off the top of my head, but, or maybe let's say a guy like Jimbo Fisher. He's doing a good job recruiting. and But he had, he only beat Saban this one year, and he just lost the quarterback that helped him beat Saban. That doesn't mean he can't ever win a national championship. It just may not be in the Saban era. Same thing with Kirby Smart. Like, even though I think Georgia should win this game, this is definitely his best shot to beat Alabama because they're kind of vulnerable. Uh, she still doesn't have that elite quarterback, even though there's a difference. Like, since Bennett has been playing at an elite level, just not against Bama. He's uh, <laughs> elite level. Yeah, but, but man. This, this, I don't know, man. If that, or an elite talent. Let's put it that way. You can say so, everything they've asked them. That's not for Big Bama. But him, some people have said, I want to hear y'all's thoughts after I finish. Some people thought that Georgia didn't maybe play as hard because they knew they were going to be in that. Yeah, I heard that. Playoff. Yeah. I don't know if y'all want to buy that. Uh, yeah. Especially when they got beat the way they got beat. But that's, an, that's I want to hear what y'all have to say. But my closing thing about today is, it's really hard to win in this Nick Saban era. And not to say you can't beat him because Clemson's been able to prove it, but I think... You gotta have... 
like for example, Michigan had a good season, and some people think their season. I know they didn't play Alabama, but some people think their season was a failure. When if you look at what they were able to accomplish, it was still a pretty good season. They just ran into a really good team. So I think we should appreciate some success for what it is, and have patience towards winning. But then, but then that being said, at some point you have to get over the hump. And like Georgia, if they don't beat Alabama this year, it's kind of like what it was with Jim Harbaugh and Ohio State. When are you going to beat them? When Nick Saban retires? Well, who knows when that will be. So uh, I just want to hear y'all's thoughts on uh, do you think that maybe Alabama's dominance maybe makes people overreact in college football? And do you think Georgia maybe didn't try as hard at that SEC championship? And also one more other other question. Do you think Georgia should put JT Daniels in the game if Stetson Bennett struggles in the natty. Alright, man. So, do you think people come prison at the moment? Um, to a certain extent. I think, uh, you know, it's, it's Alabama, though. You know, it's Nick Saban, Alabama's the brand. People going to automate every time. If it's, if it's not Clemson, or uh, a team that that, he, that people have hundred percent confidence in that they could beat Alabama. It's, they're gonna be. It's always gonna be Alabama's the favorite because they've done it so much times. It's it's cliche. So people are gonna 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 be prison of the moment for what Alabama does. Um, in regards to Georgia not trying, um, it's possible, man. Um, once they got there, they were the number one team in the country. It would have been unfair if the, the committee dropped them out of the top four if they lost uh, to Alabama. So that may be, there may be some truth there, but I think it is. They just, um, Alabama was ready to play that game. They were motivated. They were here, you know, the, the talk before the game about how was, Alabama was going to get blowed out and the old line was vulnerable. I don't think, I think Alabama was just motivated, you know. Now I don't know, I don't know what Georgia can do from this game to this game that's that can uh, allow them to beat Alabama. Going to do a little more into it, but I don't, I'm, I don't know what they, what what you got the same QB. What what, they, what you know how they going to pressure the offensive line? Because last time, shoot, Cincinnati played Alabama better than Georgia. You know, yeah. so I don't know what what scheme or what. Tactics that they can do that can allow them to beat Georgia, Alabama this year, but second time. But um, in regards to uh, putting JT James in, I don't know, man. I don't know. Let me ask you this: Who do you think is more talented? Daniels, he's a five-star yeah. recruit. I'm saying, and I'm not saying that automatically equates to them beating Alabama, but we've seen what Stetson Bennett has done against Alabama. And look, maybe he changes the narrative. And part of it, I'm not gonna put it all on him. He's he's gonna have to, the run game is gonna have to help him out, and the defense is gonna have to play much better. But if if we see the same thing, it's you're in the natty. You have nothing to well, you have everything lose. But but you like let's put it this way. This is the last game. You you roll roll the dice. In my opinion, if it doesn't work, at least you know you have that option. You used the option you had instead of just losing it and didn't try. That. That's all I'm saying. 
but I want to hear what you have to say, Leo. He had a confused face for a second. Yeah, he did. So I that was a fact. Yeah, I, I was kind of baffled when, when he talked about how Cincinnati played some better than Georgia. He did. Bama put up forty one. Bama put forty one points on uh, over forty points on um, Georgia. Only twenty seven on Cincy. Yeah, only twenty seven. But how many did Cincy score though? Not that much, but still. <laughs> but they still they held him down. They held him. He held him. Yeah. What? He held him. That's Alabama's defense. They do that to everybody. They didn't need to score forty against Cincinnati. They we knew Cincinnati went. I'm not gonna lie. I thought Cincinnati would put up a better fight than they did. But but let's get back to Brian's question. Really, I think. Well, if you start with the, uh, I think people can be prisoners of the moment because I think Bama just. But there has just been a moment for Bama though. It's just been years. They've been dominant for so long. I guess people. I see why people think it's just Bama and there's everybody else because they've been the one consistent since since Saban got there after his first season, man. We've seen them. They're probably the greatest dynasty, I think, in college football ever, in my opinion. For what it, for, and, I hope, and I would assume it's just the case. I mean, I've heard of anybody else being six championships in as many years. And, and when Brian said that post, I think from CBS Sports, they talked about the years he's been in the championship versus the years he hasn't been. It's crazy. It is. Um, I don't think, and this, when now switching to what you were talking about, the Georgia um, losing on purpose, not losing on purpose, but maybe not trying as hard. I don't. I think that you know what because you think they wanted to see them again. They didn't play like they didn't want to see them again. <laughs> that may be true. Yeah. And look, I did see like so. It'll be real quick. Uh, one of the ESPN analysts he just showed that some of the stuff Georgia was doing that confused some of the other offenses. Alabama used that to their advantage, and they tricked them. And so there was some schematic stuff that they did. It wasn't just like they didn't try. They they did like there's this one play where this guy thought he was going to get a free rush on Bryce Young, but Bryce Young got it out quick enough and or threw it to a guy where he just was hard for him to cover, and they were able to pick up yards. So some of it was schematic. So um, I don't want to blame it all on them. Georgia just not trying. I was just wanting to point that out. Go ahead, Leah. But yeah, I think I don't think Georgia wants to see it Bama again. Like I don't because Bama, like like this, like you said, it's been their kryptonite. Bama has been their kryptonite. If it weren't for Bama, Curry Smart would have. I think Curry Smart would already have a national championship. I yeah. think he'd be. I think he'd be. He's already an elite coach. Kirby's elite, elite already. I think he's better than what Mark Rick was. I think Way he's better. taking that to the next level. And Mark Rick was a good coach. Yeah, he was. Boy. But I think he's taking it to the next level, especially it being his alma mater. It's great what he's done there. But I like, like I said, y'all, I have a question for y'all. What do y'all think about Georgia being um, uh, three point favorites opening it up? Y'all think that's good, or do y'all They're think three that point favorites? Mm-hmm. Wow. Damn. I think it's fair. Yeah, I mean, that's that's saying something that 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 says a lot about Vegas and what they think about Georgia. Three point favorites, man. After what Georgia, after what Alabama did. Man, Vegas that's it. Right. I just man, this. I'm just looking at the quarterback, man. I just like yo, like I just don't see it, man. Like you gotta go, you gotta have like a a first round pick level quarterback to beat Alabama. First second round pick to beat him, and first round and first round wide receivers. 
Do you think Zach Calzada is a first round pick? That's exactly. Yeah, man. All right, hold on, hold on. Yeah, they do have a Hold on, hold on, hold on. Was Johnny Menzel first round NFL at the time? Before all, at the height during the height of his his you know of his run, with Johnny, do y'all thought Johnny Manziel was a first round pick? Probably, yeah. Probably, yeah. Well, at the time, you know, like Kyle, you hear from he was from Kyle, Kyle, a few others is that the reason why Texas A&M got um, Alabama on that during that on that in that game with Manziel is because they were they were Alabama was in a tough game with LSU a week prior and they were tired. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. I don't. I mean, they got me. Like I think, I think, man. Now you gotta have an NFL quarterback to be Alabama, man. I just think you just do. So Calzada. I mean, you. It happens, man. You could get Alabama on a bad year, a bad day. It can happen, man. It, but Texas and them got you know NFL talent too, though. Like I said, Isaiah Spiller is a red, much NFL bound back. He's Probably one of the best backs in the, in the country. I feel like uh, he's very underrated from the Texas A&M back. But I have a question. That was what you make a good point, DB, because Joel Clatt was Joel Clatt was talking about on Fox Sports on the Coward Show. Yeah. He was talking about Manley when he comes to picking. Cause he, they were talking about how Georgia was the favorite going into the game according to Vegas. But um, he was talking about normally when he picks these type of games because it's if you took their quarterbacks, like if you just ignored the quarterback, it's really a pick 'em game. But you yeah. have to look at the quarterback, and he said Stokeman normally he picks the quarterback who's the team's the best quarterback. But he feels like in this case, Georgia's unit. It's hard to beat a team twice and twice in the same season. It is very hard, and, he, and all those adjustments that all the things that went wrong for them, they went wrong for Georgia. They're going to adjust to those things. They've been probably pouring over that film. And I personally, y'all, I think Georgia. I don't want to say Georgia. You know what? I'm going to go to and say, you know what? Georgia wins the game. Uh, if I had to bet money, I would have bet a lot of it because I, I kind of stood on trust. If I had to bet like five dollars, I'd still I'll pick Georgia. That's what I did. But <laughs> Come on now, bro. the thing, Come on, the bro. thing is, again, it's kind of funny what you're saying. So let me ask you this: Do you think JT Daniels is he like what you're describing about what it takes to be Alabama? Do you think he has that in him? Yeah, he. So he a five star recruit, bro. You don't. He, he a five star man. He got a better man. He's really good. He's really good. I think step. What happened is he got hurt, and the Stetson Bennett was playing too good. Where you had to, where it was the right decision to keep him in. Was he? But it got you to this point. If he's struggling, are you just playing against bad teams? He was doing good against bad teams. He beat Michigan. That's respectable. Yeah, you know Michigan beat the house. That just, I can't get over that right there. Michigan beat Ohio State, but can't beat Georgia. Georgia. Michigan and Ohio State got better weapons, way better. Ohio State wasn't as good on defense. Yeah, they did even mess up this year. Uh, what was I gonna say? So, if JT Daniels just gets the opportunity to play, do you think he can beat Alabama? That's all I want now. Yeah, if Kirby, Kirby, I got to take take the uh, the uh, you know the reins off, man. He got let it. He can't be conservative, man. Yeah, I think he'll take this. He did try. I know, I know y'all remember that play in Fields. That was a risky play. And it could have worked if Fields had made the read quicker. That play they tried in the SEC title game against uh, that fake punt. But yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we think that's a bad call. But 
I saw what they're trying to do. He had it. He just didn't make the play. And let me tell you all this about put this out point this out about Kirby Smart. Did you know did you knew that he had Justin Fields at one time, but decided to go with uh what a buddy name is with uh the Giants right now? Jake Fromm. Yeah, decided to go with Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm was cold. <laughs> no, he wasn't. Yes, he he was. would've had a national shit. He probably would have beat up him if he had Justin Fields. This dude went with I Jake Fromm. I think it went out it went out the way because Fields got his crack at Bama. We saw what happened when he had his crack. Man, nobody was beating up Bama the twenty twenty year. Pandemic year, nobody was beating up Bama that year, man. Hot take. Uh, what's his name? Did the right thing. He, he, he did the right thing sticking with Fromm. Fromm was playing well. He was. was playing well. And if you think about it, they, if they make a few more plays in that natty against Tua, they, they win it. And so Fromm, Fromm isn't the sexiest quarterback, but he was pretty solid. And so, and look, if Justin feels weight, some of the, the problems. One thing I hate about this transfer thing, for some of these guys, they're in great situations. They just don't want to wait for their turn. They want to just play right away. And sometimes the best thing for you is waiting. Like, for example, today, one of Arkansas's quarterbacks, who's, I think KJ Jefferson will have one more year, then he'll probably leave. One of their quarterbacks just is going to enter the portal tomorrow. I, I just don't understand why these guys don't want to wait their turn. And you, you'll have a chance to shine, but everyone wants to play right away. Some guys are. I understand. Like, if you want to get to the NFL quicker, I get it a little bit. But sometimes patience is the right thing. Like, for example, Kyler Murray, he was able to wait, sit behind Baker Mayfield, and he was able to thrive in one year and made it NFL uh, the number one pick. So some people think you gotta have a, a lot of starting uh, experience to be a first round pick. That's not the case. It's what you do in your time at starters what matters. Yeah, and I agree. And to add on to that, like, like I would say, like the portal, like I was in favor. I'm in favor of the portal, but like it get out of hand. Like, every day I'm looking up and seeing Billy Billy Jones is transferred from South Alabama, and he's going to so and so, and 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 so and so is going. So I'm I'm just they it's okay, but like they need to put a handle on it, and because it's it's get out of hand, like. And these guys, and what what I have a problem with the most is not the transferring. Like I used to be in favor of the rule of you can play immediately. You couldn't, uh, you not. Uh, we've been able to. Cause I hated when they at first that you couldn't play immediately. But this guy got to the point to where, geez, the, I think you should have to sit out a year now. I, I, Cause it's getting out of hand. No, uh, get out of there. It's that. getting out of hand. Like if these bro. get to leave, get to leave right away. Now the one thing I was listening to Josh Pate again. We'll bring him up again. He did make a good point. Like a lot of people want to compare the coaches, and it, it kind of is the same. The only thing is, coaches can't leave in the middle of the season. They have this. Con- if you want to, and he's like, if we want to cheat these people like uh, professionals, because they kind of are now. They're not no longer student athletes because the NLI and all this. Then let's kind of do what the coaches do. We should have like a window where you can enter it and where you can't, and then. Um, then take it from there, and I think they're gonna they're gonna move towards that pretty soon. Uh, I was wondering, y'all thought came up with this idea? Do you think if someone enters the portal that they can't come back, or do you think that's a little, or should there at least be a waiting period? Like, well, I want to not a waiting period, but you ha- you can only stay in the portal for so long if you're gonna come back. And, but if you reach if you 
past that threshold that after you can't come back to your current school. What What are your thoughts? I'm gonna ask you a question first. Do you want Kayla Williams back? Yeah, but you're asking a personal question. Of course, I want. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Yeah, I want him back. But and, and do you care how long it takes for him to make his decision? As long as he comes back. Yeah and no. But the good thing is, if we weren't like, if let's say we had not got a Dylan Gabriel, yeah, I would be worried because he's keeping, he's holding us hostage. But because we have a plan B, I'm fine with it. But the the problem with that is like when I say holding them hostage, I'm saying like if you wait if you wait too long, some of these guys you may not be able to replace them, and then now you're you're in a tough position. But if you give them the window, then you can be talking to someone too and then this is the deadline we've given him if he doesn't reach it then he's no longer coming back and so that, that's the the way I, I look at it but yeah I agree with you it's kind of getting out of hand but I didn't, I've yet to hear any criticism of these coaches when they leave that well I hear some criticism but uh, it's not the same in my opinion uh, we, we forgot to talk about the Kirk thing y'all wanna do that the what the Kirk Herbstreit comments. Man, come on, man. That's the next topic, man. Uh, 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 never. Uh, uh, y'all didn't like me on what those are. All right, all right, all right. So we're going to segue to the, this next topic on the uh, Kirk Street in the bowl situation. So on um, it's Thursday, well, well, New Year's was Saturday, right? New Year's Day was Saturday. So yeah. they did a college game day from the, the Rose Bowl. And, um... Curve Hurry Street made some remarks about the players not being um, invested, fully invested into playing the bowl games unless it was a um, a CFP or the national championship game. And I got the audio pulled up from those remarks that he made. Just give me a second. Just give me a second real quick. Money, the amount of money, like what's the difference as a player in saying these games are meaningless when Des, we played in quote-unquote meaningless games. I mean, I know you guys were here a lot, but I just don't understand. If you don't make it to the playoff, how is it meaningless to play football and compete? Isn't that what we do as football players? We we compete. So I, I, don't, know if cha- I don't know if changing and expanding it is going to ch- change anything. I really don't. I think this era of player just 
doesn't love football. That's what I was about to say. We're dealing with a total men different mentality when we're dealing with these um, student athletes nowadays, especially the football players. I mean, their whole mentality right now is about the championship, the playoff. We got to get into the, the CFB or the CFP. And because of that, they don't value the bowl games. Now, when we were coming up, Herbstreet and myself, like to go to a bowl game was a huge reward for a fantastic season. That's what it meant. It's like, okay, your team played this well, so you're going to be rewarded by going to this bowl game. You're going to get a ring. You're going to get swag. Now, kids don't really care about that. They're, they're, they, they have a sense of entitlement. And it's like, if we're not going to the one that matters, then, you know, it just doesn't have as much value to them as it did us growing up. All right, so he made those remarks, and Twitter went off. Pretty much, you know, a lot of people with these takes about, um, who was the guy that set out? Leonard Fournette. He set out and, you know, he, you know, he doing pretty well right now. And it's just a lot of, you know, he, he got a lot of, he got dragged. <laughs> he got dragged for the most part because what made it worse is that, uh, Matt Corral of, uh, Ole Miss, he got injured. And luckily, thankfully, it wasn't a bad injury, but people got more enraged by that because he didn't have to play in that bowl. So I want to ask y'all, I'm going to share my thoughts. You know, I'm going to close out with my thoughts. But I'm going to ask y'all, do y'all think the bowl games are meaningless? If it ain't the CFP? Uh, I'll take this one first since I'm already talking. <laughs> I think it just depends. And what one thing I'll talk about is this. The people that are opting out, it's not like, for the most part, there are some people that think they're better than they really are that probably could uh, help themselves more if they played in the bowl game. Uh, but the people are, that are opting out for the most part are big time talents that and that are just taking, that just don't feel the risk to do it. And it's the right decision, in my opinion. You got to do what's best for you. Uh, and then there's this one situation that some people. I don't think it's happening often, but this one coach held out his player. Uh, he's actually from Memphis. You know him, Tyler Beatty, Missouri running back. Yeah, his coach held him out because he he just he just wasn't right. And so some of we just got to be careful when we're saying these guys just don't. Me personally, this is how I look at it. Everyone should do what's best for them and take it from there. And let's talk about the people that are, are playing, not the people that aren't playing. If you look at it that way, then you'll be like, why are we taking away from the guys that are playing in the game to talk about the guys that aren't playing in the game? That doesn't make any sense. But it just depends on the individual uh, school and player if the bowl games mean anything. Uh, I can't speak for anybody, but I know the people in Memphis, for example, the bowl game means something to us. It was unfortunate what happened with that Hawaii bowl. But it means something to them. So it just it just depends on the uh, coaching coaches and the players, and uh, that's all I can really say for right now. I can't wait to hear y'all's thoughts on it. Go ahead, Lee. Leo. Like, I would say bowl games are meaningless because, I, and I don't think they're meaningless because I think 
But a lot of these schools that know they're not, most of these schools know they're not winning national championship. So getting to a bowl game for a lot of these schools is an accomplishment. And it also depends on what school you went to. Like they have those CFP expectations. Like you at Belmont and y'all are going to the, y'all go to the Holiday Bowl. Okay, you know, that's not, y'all not going to be happy with that. But I do make, they do make a good point. Like they were talking about how, I've yet seen, has anybody, have y'all seen anybody being opt out of the college football playoff? Nobody, no nobody will ever do it. But it will it will have to be an injury where they feel like if they can hurt it worse to do that. So I think I wouldn't be surprised if it happens, but it'll be a unique situation. I don't think someone that can, that is healthy and can play will do that. No, I was, no, I was asking that to make a point. I had somebody already done it. Now I was obviously they have nobody has, but it's because they feel like 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 there is a sense of like entitlement because. If we are playing in the Rose Bowl, if we are playing in the Peach Bowl, if we are playing in the Sugar Bowl, then you know what? We're, I'm just not going to play at all. And I think that's not fair. But they're starting to say those are meaningless, though. Mm-hmm. But they're starting to say that if those those games aren't having the, they're not CFP sites, people are saying that they're meaningless. They're meaningless to Because if, you, like if you're a draft pick, you shouldn't play. You use a first-round pick, you shouldn't play. I'm let you finish. Yeah. I'm let you finish. I just feel that. Yeah, I just feel that personally. I feel that they. It's it varies from team to team because, like you said, like I just said, Alabama or Michigan are going to be satisfied with a with a with a not an orange bowl, but like a a regular bowl. But like somebody like a Memphis, like like you don't think y'all don't think Memphis when they made the like the Cotton Bowl. Oh, that was a big deal. That was huge. That was huge, man. Yeah, like it just really varies from school to school, and every school cannot be put in one box. But I do think, like, for the big, like, issue with your primary focus really mainly, like, SEC, the big power five schools. And a lot of those schools feel like we don't get in a certain bowl game. Like, we're not, like, we're, no, this is enough. Even a perfect example, LSU and the Texas Bowl. They got a team. They got dragged. No offense to LSU. Yeah, they're the team. Everybody out there. Everybody, yeah, it, because they feel like the Texas Bowl, let had there been a sugar bowl, you think they would have opted out? Nah, because that's, that's pretty I, much in the home crowd. So they're not opting out there. I mean, I didn't think about that. I think they would have. I, one interesting nugget on that, another question I'd like to ask real quick. Some, What do you think about the red shirt thing? Because you probably heard about Nassmeyer. They wanted him to play, but he didn't want to burn his red shirt. So do you think that they should make the ball game that not count against the red shirt? I was wondering y'all's thoughts on that. But, uh, yeah, it depends on the situation, in my opinion, for that game. But sorry, go ahead, Leah, if you want to answer. Yeah, it does make. Like, yeah, like, um, I do agree with you. I do think that they, I do think that they should keep like the red shirt should be burned if you play a bowl game. But really, the bowl game, while also you want to win it, you also are trying to look at the talent that you have for next season. It's an early look, preview check out. Like that's my. DB, it would have been nice for you to see what he could do in in it um, in an early like performance. I don't like, like Nussmeier next year. Huh? I don't like Nussmeier, man. I told you, my guy, man. I seen him in uh, he played uh, Arkansas. I'm impressed, man. I like I like Brennan. I told you, Brennan gave us the best shot. Brennan just not all world either, but yeah, yeah, kind of for him, dude. Is it, bro? Come on, man, you got. Bruh, the dude's nice, man. Yeah, 
They think he's Joe. You think he's Joe Burrow part two. Yup, Joe Burrow part two. But anywho, I do think that they a Richard game like they they would be like great to like not be able to run Richard because you want to look and see who you got for next season. You want to see okay, you know he's not coming back, so you know what? Let's put a couple of young guys in this guy's spot. See, and like it kind of could be like a really preview, like a you know how they have like obviously through preseason and fall camp and all this stuff, yeah. summer camp and all spring practice. It could be like an early battle for like starting positions. It's like you could say we actually have tape on these two players playing the same position. It would benefit the coaches too. Yeah, I mean, I, if just if they have intentions on sticking around wherever they are instead of bouncing, mm-hmm. like a lot of these coaches do. But um, so I do think that I, I think that there should be some sort of none. Like it doesn't count if you play and you're a red shirt in a bowl game. Yeah, you got anything else to add, Leo? Anything else to add? This uh, it's not about the bowl game. I was just another thing, Josh Pay. That I think is pretty interesting. What do you think for spring games? Do you think they should, instead of playing against each other, how about you play like maybe, I don't know, a FCS opponent? I know it's during their season, but I think they, they could do it. And that, you could use it. I don't I would be interested in that because it's a, you'd win the game, but the most important thing, and not just do that, you do it during the spring, then you play a real opponent in the fall. I think that would be interesting. I'd I, be instead of just watching no. play against my team. That's just right. All right. All right, so man. But, all right, so let me say this, man. Do I think, is it okay for their players to opt out if they, um, they're high draft picks, got, you know, certain stats in there for a draft? Yes, I think it's, they can do whatever they want. If, you, if you're allowed to do it, you're allowed to hop out of a bowl game, go ahead and do it, you know. But um, I'm like bring it to this part, the other side of it. What about the players that not are not going to the NFL? That are not first round picks, or not even, not even undrafted, not even won't even make the NFL undrafted, who may never play football again. What about those guys that got scholarships, got four year scholarships, you know these big schools, but are just not good enough to go to the NFL? So a, a bowl like the Rose Bowl or any bowl of that matter be their last game to ever play a football because the reality is that the reality the reality is that a lot for a lot of these guys once they graduate out of college they're not going to the nfl you got to start looking for jobs you got to start putting that uh these the michigan ohio state alabama case education to use and i'm willing to bet on the ohio state roster maybe a few starters on that team probably on that offensive line or whoever, are not going to the NFL. And the Rose Bowl was that last time that they're going to ever play football. They ever put on a pass, helmet, a Ohio State jersey. That's it, the Rose Bowl. And, that's, and growing up, you know, in my day, the Rose Bowl was a big deal. The Rose Bowl was pretty much had the same type of hype as the actual national championship game itself. Before they did, they um, made the changes and all that. But I'll say this. College football, this is college football's fault. They did this. They created this. By not compensating the players. Just be honest. By not coming up with an idea where everybody can compete for the playoffs. 
you know. Um, and then another thing. Um, people, I know, I see a lot of people online, you know, get outrage. You know, it's fake outrage of um, players getting hurt during um, these bowl games uh, because they're a first-round pick and they, they shouldn't play and all that. And the corner bowl is meaningless. That's going to happen in the CFP, man. Everybody ain't getting paid. In the CL, in these playoff games, on these teams, you know, it's nil, it's nil deals. Not everybody getting them. You know, it could happen. That, that could happen anywhere, man. That could happen during the season. That could happen in a bowl game. That could happen in the CFP. Um, last year when Jalen Waddle, Jalen Waddle was playing against um Ohio State in that championship game, this dude would have had a limp, an actual limp. Everybody saw it. Did did let me ask you did they need him though on that team on that in that game? They didn't even need Jalen Waddle. They had Devon, they already had Devontae Swift. But he played anyway. And I saw some people online, you know, complaining and but why is Jalen Waddle in the game? He wanna be in the game. I don't know. I think I know because He was limping. This dude had an actual limp. Yeah, the and a lot of people were criticizing Saban. And I know Saban didn't he Saban was trying to protect him, but that was his last college game. I yeah. Think got so he wanted to play so badly. That's why he was supposed to, I think he was supposed to be out for the rest of the season. Yeah, he was. He got, yeah, he yeah. came back. I didn't think he was coming back. Yeah, so the reason why he wanted to play because that was his last call. But eventually they sat him down But when the game was out of hand. But they really didn't need him to. But he wanted to play. So sometimes some of these players that want to play, same thing with Matt Corral, he wanted to play. He just unfortunately he got hurt. So. Injuries happen. You're right about that. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, for everybody, man, that bull game is everything. You know, for certain people, a lot of people, that's not going to play football again. It's going to get a job, a real job. Not That doesn't involve the NFL. You know, it's going to be you know, a regular 9-to-5 playing the Sugar Bowl could mean everything. You know, for, even for Memphis, man. Like, for the guys that didn't go to the NFL on that, that 2019 squad, Colin Bowl is everything. You know, you know what I'm saying. So I mean, I'm not. I'm, I don't really get you know upset, too upset when the players um, decide to opt out. Man, it don't bother me one bit, man, because I know the jig with the stuff. And it's college football's fault that it's like this. You know. Um, well, can I have one more thing? Go ahead, man. I I think even if you played some players, I still don't think they're playing the ball games. I just think they they just don't think the risk is worth. It's not worth the risk. That's just my opinion. And so, like, you can pay them a lot of money, but they're thinking, is it worth getting hurt and losing more money when I get drafted if you're if you're blessed to be in that position? So, I, I, unless if, like, you have some a big-time insurance policy, some people may consider it, but some people it's not worth the risk. That's just my opinion. You know, like, you told me, like, a regular player? Yeah, I'm just saying, like, for example, like, and Kenny Pickett, the quarterback for Pitt, he didn't play in the bowl game. Also, his OC went to Nebraska, so he didn't call the bowl game. So I think that had a little bit to do with that. But I bet you he just didn't feel the risk of playing in it. One, I mean, it was a nice bowl game, but he just loved Pitt to a championship game, a championship victory. That's pretty nice. And also, I don't think he felt it was worth the risk. And he's probably going to be, he's definitely probably going to be a first round pick. And now, he could potentially go as high as to the Panthers at six if they stay in that position. So uh, you got to do what's best for you. There's only one life you live. 
these coaches are always doing what's best for them. Let these players do what's best for them. And the players that the players that play, if they get hurt, if they did it because they wanted to. I, I hate when some people say, "Well, now he should have fought out. He wanted to play." Yeah, he wanted to play, man. I, yeah, I get it. And then the players that don't want to play, that's fine. And so that's the way we should look at it. I think too much has been made out of it. Yeah. And like, bro, focus on the guys that are playing, then you realize, "Wow, well, I'm wasting my time." people that aren't playing instead of the people that are playing that don't yeah. make sense like it ruined a really good you know rose bowl with these you know this outrage you know what i'm saying it was a really good game but it got overshadowed by what curb herbstreet said it was a really good game you know but it is what it is but i'm not i don't i don't care man. i don't care what these guys do to be honest you know, they go to the nfl and you know i could you know criticize them and you know get at it when they get to the pros man but i'm cool with it you know but Anyways, moving right along. Now we're going to the NFL. And uh big game this week, uh, with uh, Leo's Raiders and the uh you know, the uh LA Chargers. I almost said the San Diego Chargers. <laughs> but the LA Chargers, the uh, AFC rivalry, AFC West rivalries. Um I gotta ask this question, man, and um get your feedback. Oh, you gotta put the cap on. He had to go put the cap on, a Raiders cap. He had to go put, I ain't got, I, I, dang, I ain't got my Saints cap. He had to go put his Raiders cap got on. got my Chargers cap. Dang. All right. But anyways, I'm man, um, big game this week, man. Uh, a lot of playoff, you know, implications on the line. Um, we got the L.A. Chargers uh, against the uh, Las Vegas Raiders this week. Winning that game is going to the playoffs. Now, I know there's a story out there where, um, the Col- if the Jaguars beat the Colts, the uh, all Chargers got to do is uh, pretty much um, go into a tie and then the playoffs. But uh, I don't see the, uh, the I don't see the Jaguars losing to the uh, I don't see the Jaguars beating uh, the Colts. But you never know with the, with today's NFL. So if it did, if they do have if they do beat them, it'll be interesting to see what uh, the Chargers <laughs> the Raiders do. Or uh, Sunday night football is be an interesting day, but I want to ask y'all outside of that, which team do you believe is under the most pressure to get to the playoffs? The Raiders or the Chargers? The Chargers hasn't been in the playoffs since uh, 2018, and for the Raiders, it's been like since 2016, that year that uh, Carr had um, Jack Del Rio and he broke his leg. Um, it hasn't been. It's been a while. And when I ask y'all, who's, which team is under most pressure to get to the playoffs? And I'll serve it back to you. Go ahead. I'm, I'm gonna start out with this one because yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the Chargers, y'all. You know why? Why? The Chargers. The Chargers were expected to be the team after they got Anthony Lynn. But Anthony Lynn is quote unquote the issue, and they got the new head coach and everything. You know, he's a defensive guy. They got the pieces right. I, this is supposed to be year two for Herbert to really take off, and he's taking off really. And also, I think the fact of the matter is the Chargers have more talent. The Raiders are supposed to be here. The Chargers are supposed to be here. They're supposed to be. They're supposed to be a playoff lock right now. They're roster-wise, DB. You talked about them. I know they've been decimated by COVID, as a lot of watchers have been. But talent-wise, they are top five roster. I think in the NFL. Yeah, talent-wise, yeah. everybody's on the field. The Raiders, talent-wise, no. We don't we don't have the talent, but we have hard workers and greedy players that are going to grind it out and help us win. So 
I think it's more pressure for the Raiders to for the Chargers to win because the Raiders aren't supposed to be here. We, when Basashi, when Gruden, when Gruden let let go, that was supposed to be the end of our season. And when we were down against the Browns, that was supposed to be the end of our season. And we when we 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 weren't supposed to beat the Colts. And, and there's a few other games. Let's beat the Cowboys. We weren't supposed to beat the Cowboys. <laughs> Uh, weren't supposed to be. It's a few teams we weren't supposed to be, and we still prevailed and beat them. And so, what that tells me, DB, is that while the Raiders aren't as much pressure as the Chargers, I think it's more important for the Raiders to win because I think it's Herbert still has a lot to go. Like if you were talking about who had more pressure, Herbert or Carr, I would say Carr because Carr is thirty. Carr has been in the league eight, eight years. Carr has been but only one playoff appearance though. Only. And he didn't even play in the game, so that's the thing. Yes, Herbert had Herbert's only Herbert. If Herbert, if they don't make the playoffs this year, you could say the Chargers have a bright future. The Raiders don't get in. What can you say about them? Yeah, like, they're not supposed to be here. We're not supposed to be here, but now that we're here, we might as well be yeah. more pressure us to, to to take advantage of what we have because I don't think it's that many more cracks for Carr. And it, I think this is really going to determine where the Carr's future with the Raiders. And I know. Cars play great, and I, I'm a huge Derek Carr fan. But I think they're looking at this game and says, if he can't win this game against this team, why should we keep going forward with him? I think that's going to determine. This game will determine whether I think he's with the Raiders next year. They're going to be like a Stafford situation where he'd be like, "Hey man, I'm out. Hey, just let me go." No, nah, because he's our Stafford. Never publicly said he wants to stay with Detroit for his whole career. No. Derek Carr said that publicly. If I yeah, he did say that. Yeah. If if, if, if I'm traded somewhere else, I'm retired. Which I do believe, because I think he's been invested. He's invested in this franchise, and they've invested in him. So, I think, I love to say, y'all, I hate making predictions, but I think the Raiders are going to win. I hope they win, but I think, I'm interested to see who y'all think we're going to win. I'm going to hold my thoughts on that for the the preview, my column this week for that game. Oh, okay, that's their game of the week. That should be game of the week. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you who the pressure is. Who, who got the pressure on it? But go ahead, Brian. Brian, can you finish? Yeah, I agree with almost everything you said. The pressure is on the Chargers. Uh, they have their head coach. Uh, they have, obviously, I think they have the better quarterback. Uh, and they were supposed to make the playoffs this year. They really could have made it last year. They just uh, could not uh, hold on to their leads. But this year, they've been done a much better job in game management. And now that they have a chance to make the playoffs, so you got to win this game. Uh, it'll be interesting that part about that scenario I said if the Jags lose. I mm-hmm. think I saw something on Twitter that said Brandon Staley's going to try to win the game, so he's not going to try to top. But I saw the <laughs> guy say, well, it would give you a 50% chance, but if you tie, it give you a 100% chance of making it. So why, did, why wouldn't you do that? Then this hey. like you play to win the game. But then this other guy was like, uh well, uh, well. So in order to win the Super Bowl, you got to make the playoffs. And why not do what give you the better chance of making the playoffs? But we're all gonna assume, or we're all believe that the Colts will be the Jacks. So then that won't matter. But this is also why the game should be simultaneous. So a team can't do that. But I understand why they made the Sunday night football game. All right, talking or not, let me close it out. So um, yeah, the Chargers should win this game. I agree with some of what he's saying about maybe Derek Carr. This could be his last game. Uh, but I think this team, they're better. Their rebuild or retooling of their roster has gone up a lot quicker than I thought. They get 
a few more pieces and get the right coach, maybe a Jim Harbaugh. That's who I would like for them to get. Uh, I think, or maybe even Rich Versace. If you win this game, you sell a good vision to uh, the owner, uh, Mark Davis. Maybe he could keep it. But yeah, uh, Derek Carr, you got to try to win this game. Uh, but the Chargers, the pressure's on them. All right. Yeah, I'm um uh, reach y'all as well, man. I think the pressure's on Chargers. Um, look at it. You fired Anthony Lynn. You felt like you needed somebody else to come in and lead the roster. You got a brand new, pretty much a brand new stadium. You trying to build a fan base. You you uh, pretty much not the, the biggest ticket in town. I would say the biggest attraction in town right now. You're in Los Angeles. You share a space with the Rams. You got the Lakers there. And if USC gets going, they're probably bigger than you as well. So, you got a new stadium, quarterback, that's pretty good. Pretty good wide receivers, running back is legit, tight ends. You got the whole nine yards in my opinion. Defense should be playing better than what it should be, but it's not for whatever reason. And you got a defensive, um, a defense head coach. That's I kind of find it kind of weird because I always thought, I thought Stanley was an uh, offense guy, but when you look back at it, he's a defensive uh, head coach under, he's under Sean McVay, so it makes him look like he's pretty smart. But uh, <laughs> it's on the, the pressure's on the Chargers, man. They gotta they gotta win this game because, um, like I said, they, they're in a the, uh, big market. You know, you you it's pretty much second fiddle to the rate the um, the Rams, the Lakers, and winning this game with um, Justin Herbert. Takes you a long way, and at, at that town, and in regards to building up your fan base, but you gotta win this game because um you, you felt like Lennon was the Anthony Lennon was the problem, and so you fired him. So I think the pressure's on the Chargers to win this game, but uh, I mean the Raiders got some deficiencies on defense that you know they can get at they, the Chargers can hurt. So we'll see. And vice versa. And there's some, if you watch that Texans Chargers game, which I did, I went back and watched uh, some of that game. Davis Mills made some plays really, they're getting a lot of those defensive plays back, but Davis Mills made Chargers defense look really bad, really bad a few weeks ago. And I really, I, I know they made a lot of adjustments when they beat, they beat the Broncos pretty handily last week, but I went back, I'm going back and watch some film myself, and I really just see, I think this is a game that could be, end up being high scoring, y'all. This could be a 30-something, 35-31 game. Like, those defenses, there is no steel curtains <laughs> around. But, interesting fact, y'all, this game could be irrelevant by um, by um, Sunday night, actually, if the Steelers win and the, um, if the Steelers win and the Jaguars win, both teams will be in the playoffs. Yeah, but your boy said he's going to try to win the game, man. So... <laughs> Instead, do you try to do you you pull starters or you 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 take the chance and you know your boy get hurt now if your boy Herbert get hurt gets hurt you know what that's gonna be another you know outrage online you know why are you playing your, your starters you know you you play I think we'll just see let's just wait and see what happens because it's that scenario has to happen for that to happen but I think you play to win the game. And I think, but, uh, go ahead. Personally, if I, if I was in that situation, I would maybe consider tying. But it's hard because, you know, you can, you can only worry about what you can control. Because you can try to tie, but the other team may not want to do that. And so then, what? then you have to figure it out. But we'll see. 
Second seed, they want to win a division, and that's going to be enough to get allow them to beat um, the Four uh, Nines. And top of that, on top of that, um, Jimmy Garoppolo ain't hundred percent. He got a, a thumb issue on his throwing hand, and if they go with Trey Lance in that game, that tells me that you know they're kind of like preparing for the future, man. Because I don't, I just don't really think Trey Lance could beat that that Rams team. Right now. And I know that, you know, when you have a young quarterback like that and there's not too much tape on him, they tend to do better. But I don't think it happened on this Sunday. So I think uh, the Saints could beat the Falcons. And I think the Rams could beat the 49ers. And I think the Saints get in. But Saints got to take care of business against the Falcons because last time they played, um, the Saints lost because that's what the Saints do. They lose to teams. That they should lose to and beat the teams that they should get blown out by. But I think it, it, the Saints going to the playoffs, man. With that, you know, with the roster that they have right now. Um, another thing, y'all, Brian. I was actually, I know, I know, it's kind of like it's kind of late, but Brian, what do you, what, what's your reaction to a lot of people saying that the Titans are a week number one seed? I mean, it is kind of true. I, I'm a, I'm a, even though I'm a fan, I'm an objective fan. So, uh, yeah, we're one of the worst number one seeds in recent memory. If we assume we beat the Texans, and that's not a given. I'm kind of worried about that game because they haven't seen Davis Mills, and he, he's a pretty solid quarterback. But we should win that game. Uh, and 
Derrick Henry, like, even though he's going to be coming back, I, I really don't have any, a lot of expectations for him to be like, even though they'll use him, I hope they keep Foreman at least one other back because he's going to need a, a just period where he gets his back to his normal self. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it's true. The Titans aren't a big-time number one seed, and I wouldn't be surprised if they lose their first playoff game. But I'm hoping at least we make it to the AFC. If there's one team I can, I'm fine with us losing to, I mean, I hate it, is the Chiefs. Because they're, they're just, their star fouls too bad. What about the so Bengals, I, man? The Bengals are good, but we should beat the Bengals. <laughs> you sure? Yeah. You sure? Yeah, my bad. They didn't want a division. I remember when y'all went by the Bengals. I, I bought them. I thought the Super Bowl was going to win. I'm not going to lie. But y'all, y'all picked the Ravens to win the division. I did. I did. But all of I think the Bengals will make the play. Y'all said y'all didn't buy in the Bengals. Like, y'all, y'all still buy? Are you buy, are you sipping on some of that Bengals juice, uh, DB? Somewhere, yeah, man. After after I, I realized what uh, I realized how bad uh, Baltimore was, how bad how banged up they were. I was like, you know what? Leo was right. The Bengals are pretty good, man. They gonna. <laughs> I don't think I don't. And I don't think it's gonna be a um, like the Ravens could bounce back. But I don't think it's gonna be a runaway with the division, you know, anymore. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's gonna be tough for um, Baltimore to win that division like that, like they used to. But um, Bengals are pretty good, man. They really um, sold me um, this past two weeks the way they uh, played Kansas City. And what's scary about it, I said this before, is that nobody's getting paid yet. They're really not paying nobody yet, outside of Joe Mixon. You know, so that that's that makes them even dangerous. You know, and I heard some chatter online about. Um, Justin Jefferson not being happy in Minnesota with Zimmer. So imagine if what if they link what if he links back up with uh Burrow and Cincinnati with Chase. Oh, that's, that's, not fair. Fair. that's not fair. That's not fair. They would have it'll be they nice. Have, nice to dream. Maybe free agency. Bro. Or maybe if they offer a few first round picks, maybe they consider that, but I don't see that happening. And Zimmer may be out, so then you yeah. don't have to win. Like I heard, I heard a tweet on a tweet somewhere is that uh, from a verified account is that there was a point where Jefferson didn't speak to Zimmerman like within in days. It was a few weeks ago, but I'm like, yo, what's up with that? But man, if you relate with those guys, man, all you missing is Clyde Edwards and Larry, but you got Joe Mixon, you know. But like I said, you're not nobody's getting paid yet. Huh? Nobody's getting paid. So the Bengals are smart, man. Only two players that are getting paid are, um, like you said, Mason and Tyler Boyd. And Tyler, they're not even that much. Yeah, Boyd got, Boyd signed it at, at his time. Well, if you look at his deal now, it's very undervalued. Yeah. But, but at the time, it was a really good deal. But Boyd, Boyd gets played, his extension was pennies. Yeah. And then, they got the tight end. Yep. And T. Higgins was like a second-round pick. Dude, they yeah. getting a bargain on that dude, big time. For sure, they're they're gonna be up there. And then you, we know about you. A lot of people say how Jamar would do it just to interfere. I think those questions have been answered. Has he even exceeded? DB, I know you watch. You're you you're an LSU guy. You watch Jamar during his time there. Has he even exceeded your expectations? Yeah, he did, man. I didn't think he would come out like this. I didn't. And I thought, and I thought the Bengals should have went offensive line. 
You know, I was like everybody else. You know, should have got offensive line, but that shows you how important it is to block out the noise when you're running the NFL franchise. Yeah, you gotta block that out, man. You got like, hey, we need. We feel like Joe Burrow need a wide receiver. You know, not just any wide receiver, wide receiver that he has good chemistry with. Yeah, that was a smart move, man. Yeah, just I'm surprised he even lasted that far. I thought he could have been taken high. Go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna. That's all I was gonna say. I think that's the really smart decision about them. Uh, man, looking a little silly with their takes. Yeah, I'm uh, I've been okay. stopped fussing. I've been stopped complaining, but but anyways, man. Um, another game. The Houston Texans, right? Didn't fall like everybody thought they would fall. They're a lot better than what people thought they were gonna be. They play hard, man. I heard that uh, Cully might be coming back next year. Yeah, he should. Yeah, he deserves it. They need to make some sense of that Deshaun Watson situation. Like, he's either gonna play there, or he's gonna be traded. Like, I don't even see him on the roster if he's not playing or being traded. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I, it's it's been too long. Like, we went through a whole season. I'm not playing. I'm not gonna lie. A lot of teams. Hey, what if the face trips? Y'all is margarita quarterback. What would, what would you think about the Saints trading for Deshaun Watson? Like, kind of make space happen. Would you would you, would you give up a few of your star defensive players and maybe a few picks for him? I don't know, man. That's 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 tough, man, because um, I would give up picks before I give up the players. Mm. You know, I, I think it's a Super Bowl-type defense because, you know, if you do that, man, you're probably going to waste it. You know what I'm saying? Um, I just think they need a quarterback right now, but I don't, I don't think they should give up the pick, give up players in, in regards for, in, in return for a quarterback. And I don't think they should draft one either. I, I rather them go, I rather them bring back James Winston or go get a free agent because I think you could be like Chicago. And what I've seen by, I don't want to be like Chicago is that Chicago has a really good defense. But it doesn't matter because you got a rookie QB. Yeah. And their ceiling is only so high offensively. Yeah. So and we got better weapons than Chicago. So I rather I rather Saints bring back Jameis Winston or go the free agent route and get Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson without giving up giving away the form. I know that that's gonna probably be impossible, but I don't want them to take no trade nobody out of the defense, man. Nobody. Especially especially Cam Jordan. He's going nowhere. Yeah, Cam Jordan going crazy since the COVID. I don't know what happened. <laughs> most I'm going to say, if Deshaun goes anywhere, I'll be shocked if he's not a Miami Dolphin. I saw a tweet where they could get him and still have a lot of uh, cap space. I just feel like it's, I'm not, I don't want to say it's guaranteed, but it's highly likely he'll be with the Dolphins. Dolphins? I think they want to go all on it and try to win a Super Bowl. I love Tua. And this streak they went on was pretty nice, but they need a, a for sure a proven commodity. And what you have the Steelers give up? Say what? What if the Steelers throw the hand in the head? The hand in the, in the head, man. Maybe, but I think I think he wants to go to. Who would you rather live, Miami or Fitzgerald? I'd go to Miami. <laughs> yeah, that's an easy. I'd go to Miami, man. But... No state tax. 
it's kind of it's kind of like uh, just a nicer version of Texas. You think about it. Yeah. No state tax, better weather. But damn, uh, but still, is just that uh, they got the history of winning. Yeah, but they'll need to make. I feel like the Dolphins need. They'll need. A, I feel like the Dolphins are closer than the Steelers are. That's just my opinion. Nah, I disagree. You're probably right, but I, I'd rather see him in Miami. I mean, I'd rather see Aaron Rodgers in. in yeah, Aaron Rodgers go to Pittsburgh. That's what I'm. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he stays. Now I'm, I'm thinking that it's. There's a chance you can stay in Green Bay, uh, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. All right, moving right along. Last topic of the night is that the Jaguars um, conducted their uh, round of interviews with a few head coaches, and one of them was uh, give me a second real quick. One of them was a uh, former uh, Detroit Lions and Indianapolis coach, head coach. Um, Jim Caldwell. So I got the, uh, the report pulled up on uh, Jaguars, Jaguars Wire, USA that goes into the details of them interviewing Jim Caldwell. And I just want to ask y'all a question based on this uh, interview. So let me see right quick. Give me a second. All right. Jaguars are interviewing Jim Caldwell today in person at an undisclosed location outside of Jacksonville, just as they did Thursday with Doug Peace, likely to do the same with Packers OC. His name is Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. Caldwell is certainly an intriguing candidate who has been associated with the Jags due to having head coaching experience in addition to holding their role with the Lions, the role, excuse me, with the Lions from 2014 to 2017, he was a head coach for their division rivals, Indianapolis Colts, from 2009 to 2011. Throughout those stints, he went 62-50 and was 2-4 in the playoffs. Additionally, he was able to earn a, Super, a few Super Bowl titles as assistant head coach under Tony Junji in the Super Bowl, except, well, the Super Bowls with Tony Junji and John Harbaugh. In addition to his role as, head, as a head coach, Caldwell held NFL roles with the Bucks, Colts, before coming the head coach. Before Baltimore Ravens and Miami Dolphins, he was also the Baltimore Ravens and Miami Dolphins quarterback coach, as well as offensive coordinator role with the Ravens. Caldwell also held coach roles with the Dolphins, Colts, was an interim offensive coordinator for Baltimore before having the interim tag removed. Many fans deem have deemed Caldwell as the best fit for the Jags because he seems like a candidate who is the op- complete opposite of Meyer in terms of leadership and experience. Additionally, his resume as a quarterback coach could be a, should be a huge deal for Trevor Lawrence, who hasn't had the rookie season fans were hoping for. All right, all right. So I want to ask y'all this. So uh, I've been hearing a lot of reports about. How the Jaguars are seriously considering hiring a coach like Jim Caldwell to come in, clean things up, or Doug Peterson. But I want to ask y'all, do you think this is because they interviewed Caldwell because it was a popular thing to do? That's the chatter online, or because they try to satisfy, they try to satisfy the Rooney rule, or they really want to be their head, you know, it really... 
serious about considering him as a head coach. I'll go with this. This is that's a good question. I mean, we know one of the main reasons why they bring him in is to satisfy the Rooney rule. I mean, that that's just obvious. But I also do think they seriously consider him as a head coach. Uh, but obviously, does that mean they ultimately hire him again? I told you who I prefer. I prefer Doug Peterson. You saw my article that I wrote. Yeah. Uh, we got a lot, so, of, a lot of, a lot of, you know, pushback on that. Well, not pushback, but mix it up. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but if they got hooked up with Jim Caldwell, look at what the Lions were with Jim Caldwell, and look at what they were without. That tells you how good of a coach he, he is. So, I, I, if he gets this, I'll uh, applaud the hire. Who he hires is his OC. Will be very interested. I think the defense, he, he can get that, but the offense coordinator will be very, very critical. But I think it'll be a great hire. Uh, I, Jim Caldwell's a really good coach. Arguably one of the most underrated coaches in NFL history. He's a really good coach. Uh, he's a good culture setter. They won't, there's, the biggest thing with Jacksonville is they need a culture setter. Some people have mentioned Jim Harbaugh for that job. But the number thing is the culture. And I feel like if they get a guy like Jim Caldwell there, he'll change the culture. And I think it'll help the franchise, not just Napa, but years ago. I think Carl will be a version of a safe hire. I think it, it, for a lot of teams, you don't want to hear about safe safe hires and all that. But it, Jackson Jackson two guys are going to get this team off the ground. Because ever since they made that AFC championship appearance, which has been an anomaly really compared to the last decade of pretty much fresh or irrelevant if we all really can say and so really I think Harwell's not the not the coach of the future but he's the good coach for right now and I think it being also guys you have to look at the fact that he is also 66 years of age and he may not have much time left not saying oh God can't get it done Blue Jays it, it, it showed us that but oh he he is like I said Brian he, like you said he is a tone setter he is a guy that will bring leadership and veteran qualities to the position, but I I would be hesitant on hiring him simply because while well, yes, he didn't he he has done great with all the teams he's been with in terms of even the Lions to the playoffs, which is not easy to do. And going to Super Bowl with Colts, which going to Super Bowl is not easy to do. I have a question of whether I really think that like I said, my question is longevity. Am I hiring Jim Collar to be the coach for three years, for two years? Because when I hire a coach, I don't want to hire. If I'm Jacksonville, I want to hire a guy that's going to be there a long time. But at the same time, I could also see why they would hire a guy like Collar. Because maybe you get Collar in there for two or three years, he builds his thing back up, and it becomes more of an attractive job to a big name that you get down the line. So you have to look at that standpoint, too. Do we want a guy that's going to help build up? For him, to, for him maybe to retire in three or four years when it, it um, and when he's maybe may, may not want to coach due to his age maybe or do you want to get a young guy that's maybe invested like a baby a Doug Peterson in his late forties but he's a, he's young enough to stick around for a rebuild and I think he'd take the job but I really another a name that I would look at uh, for that job and I like uh, Carwell personally why not take a look at him? I know his name hasn't been as vibrant as it normally used to be. What's happened to the Eric B Eric B enemy? I, I feel like his train has really slowed down, even though he really should be speeding up. That Chiefs offense turned around and I don't know what why, why is he not getting any 
love for your job. Right, I'll let you get go ahead, now. man. Oh, you All right. Number one, DV. I, I'm getting to the point. I won't be surprised. I'll be surprised to get to end I'm not even joking. That that's the point I'm coming to. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve one, but I feel like when you get all these interviews and nobody hires you, it makes people start to wonder. And so I hope I'm wrong. I hope he gets an interview. And also, they did interview him last year, so maybe that's why they don't. They still could interview him, but they probably know what they. They may just not feel he's the right fit. Uh, and then another thing I would say, I don't think that's granted. I'm 66. He's only 66. You can coach for a long time. But I mentioned this earlier on one of our podcasts a few weeks back. If they want to do something like you're saying, why not hire Byron Leftwich as the OC? He can be the coach in waiting. He can learn. He learned under Bruce Arians. He can learn under Jim Caldwell and then take this thing over. I'm not sure if he wants to do that because he has a nice gig with Jacksonville. But Tom Brady ain't going to be there forever. And once Tom Brady leaves, I'd rather look at the future with Trevor Lawrence than just the present with Tom Brady because he won't he won't be here forever. So I think that could work. But uh, I, 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 go, I go with Doug Peterson, like I said. But if they hire Jim Caldwell, there's nothing wrong with that. Who he hires as his OC will be very critical. And who knows? Look, this may be a discussion we'll have to have next year if Trevor Lawrence continues to not play at the level he, he, we expected him to play. Maybe he's just not that guy. And that's something else they can find out. But yeah, I think that EB, I'll be shocked if he gets an interview with the Jags since he already interviewed him last year. But I hope he gets another a job, but I, I'm really worried about his situation. Alright, man, so the way I say it is this, um, are you hiring him for uh to be like a placeholder for somebody else, or you bringing him in to for a long term situation? You know, um, like I said before, man, like with uh Stan Van Gundy and uh with the Pelicans, the narrative was that he wasn't a uh, a long term stay. He was just a guy that's gonna build it up, establish a culture, and set it up for the next guy. And I don't know, I don't know if this is, I don't know if he's going to be, I know he could turn around and all that, but when people say that Trevor Lawrence is a, you know, generational talent, a transcendent type of quarterback, he may need, he, he may need, a quarterback like that may need more than that. More than a guy that's going, a placeholder. He just needs somebody to come in right now and establish, you know, that that chemistry with him. Now I know Cole will probably turn around, but I'm not sure if they want if that's if they want him to be there long term. And, you know, I think a lot of people will be upset at that if Caldwell gets you know let go after three or four years. You know what I'm saying? You want him to get hired, but you want him to, you know what I'm saying, be hired a certain way. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know, man. I think he just got this got to get the coach right, man. The coach situation, you know, squared away first before they can go any further. Because Trevor Lawrence didn't show me that he is a transcendent talent. He didn't show me that at all. Um, and I believe that if you call if you're if you're recognized as a generational talent, you should be able at certain a certain to a certain extent, you should be able to 
overcome bad coaching to a certain extent. You saw what Andrew Luck did in his first year with the Colts. First three years with the Colts. He did it until he couldn't do it no more mentally. He overcame bad. He had bad coaching. Bad, you know, bad surroundings. And the Trevor Lawrence didn't show me that. So I don't think he's a... He's, he's going to be a great quarterback, but I don't, I don't think he's the next, big, the next best thing. But I don't know. I mean, I mean Jim Caldwell will work, man. But, you know, yes, they, they did want to do the... It is part of the Rooney rule to me. It's sapphire the Rooney rule. And then go from there. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know if it's a good idea for Caldwell. Good, a good fit, man. Like, I, I prefer if there was like a... Uh, a team that wasn't rebuilding, like like the the Raiders, that would be a good spot for Caldwell. Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota. A rebuilding, but rebuilding job like Jacksonville, man. I don't know, man. I just think he's a, to me. I kind of I kind of like compare him to uh, John Gruden, where he does better with veteran talent, teams that's already that that needs. That needs to take that next step to a championship or a playoffs compared to, you know, a team that doesn't have a culture at all. To me, because I think, I think, like I said, I told you this in the last pod. I think there are better jobs than the Jacksonville one, way better. Yeah, um, two things I was gonna say. Another name to watch out for: Nathaniel Hackett. He was with the Jaguars, and he's with the Packers. He's learned. And they're having a lot of success, so I could see them making that hire. That kind of like be the Sean McVay hires since he's with Matt Lafleur having success. They make that hire, but Jim Caldwell, I think he knows that he he may not be getting he may not get another chance to coach sooner rather than later. So he take he's, that's why he's taking all these interviews. He interviewed with the Texans last year. I can't remember if he interviewed with another team last year too. Other than that, but I know he interviewed with the Texans. So. You take the opportunities you can. Oh, and another thing I forgot to mention. He was also the offensive coordinator with the Ravens when they won the Super Bowl. They, I remember someone saying that. Yeah. They fired Martin, Marty Menwick. I can't remember his name. But, you know, Martin they fired one guy. And yeah. they had him. Uh, Flacco. And they, he ended up helping them win the Super Bowl. So that's another thing add to his resume. But, like I said, the staff will be very, very important. Because I feel like college especially but in the NFL if you're the young Jaguars are a young team so you need younger coaches that can relate to the players a little better that's why the OC if they don't hire Byron Lovage I would look at Joe Brady I think he'd be a good OC for Trevor Lawrence he could relate to him pretty well but again Jim Caldwell is a proven coach you know what you're gonna get like a lot of these we want to interview these coordinators who are unproven. They may have been good coordinators, but they've yet to prove it as a head coach. Jim Caldwell has. So I don't know if they'll get the job, but an interview is a, is a step in the right direction. Uh, but it, I, I, let me ask you all this. Do you think he ultimately gets a job? I personally say he doesn't, but I wouldn't be surprised if he does. Do you think he gets a job? I don't think he gets a job, but I wouldn't be surprised if he does. Like I said, if the Minnesota moves on from Denver, from uh, Zimmer, that'd be a great spot for Caldwell. Kirk Cousins with Caldwell will work, would be, would be pretty good. Because I think the team is ready to play. I think the team's ready to contend for a title with the right coach. 
Another game named and watch out for Patrick Graham, the DC for the Giants. He turned down an interview from the Jets last year, but now he's open for interviews. He he's a smart guy. He went to Yale. He came from the Belichick tree. He's another name to watch out. Not for this job, for just in general. Hey, what about Dennis Allen, man? Dude, dude, listen, listen. Wait, wait, wait. People giving Sean Payton all that credit, which is right, he deserves it because of what the Saints going through right now, and in the, you know, in the um, the race for a playoff spot. But a lot of that credit should be going to Dennis Allen, man. Dennis Allen should be considered for a head coaching job, man. Yeah, I think he should get another shot. That's fair. Him and yeah, Dennis Allen in Chicago would be great. Then, then you need to get, if, you, if that's the case, then you need to give Raheem Morris a shot then too. Because he at least had a winning record in the season where he was coaching. Give Raheem a shot through there. Yeah, that's true. But is that Rams, that, hey, I look at the stats, man. That Rams defense is not that good, despite the personnel that's on it. Yeah, they should be better. But look uh, at the stats, man. They're not that good. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. I was going to say, it's kind of, Staley did a really good job, and I feel like uh, that top end, as good as the Rams defense, I think that was going to be hard to do. He, he's done a good look. The Rams offense is not the past few games. They've been able to win them. Win the offense didn't play too well against the Ravens, and uh, that's something Matt Stafford turning the ball over. But Raheem Morris is doing the best he can. Mm-hmm. I don't think you should just look at one year if you're judging a coach. You should look at the entire body of work. Yeah. That. I think that's fair. Yeah, but Raheem Morris should get consideration for a head coaching job. But like I said, coaches like Raheem Morris, um, Dennis Allen, Jim Caldwell, I think, in my opinion, they're better suited. They're going to do what they want to do regardless. I think they're better suited for jobs for where it's already, you know, they're already veterans on the team. They just need a different voice. Not a rebuilding, not a rebuilding job like Jacksonville. Not a rebuilding job like Leftwich, like that, like for Byron Leftwich. I think that'll be Jacksonville. Would be great for him. I don't know. Do you think? I feel like that's a top fresh job to have. Yeah, I mean, that's just me. It is a tough job to have. It's like Detroit. Texas is bad. Texas is not bad. I'm telling you, the Texans are not far off as everybody thinks they are, to me. And I heard they're high on Davis Mills, so they might not even get a quarterback. Yeah, they might not even draft a quarterback. They might just keep. They may just keep uh, Davis Mills. And uh, based on the last, the latest mocks that are, mock draft that are coming out is that Aiden Hutchinson has uh, overstepped. Um, what's his name? Thibodeau. Kayvon Thibodeau yeah. is number one pick in the draft. That's crazy. <laughs> So, I think, I, like, if it, it, it was me, if I was an OC or a DC for a job, I would take the Minnesota job, man. If I couldn't get that job, I probably would go back to my, 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 regular, my regular duties. I probably would, man. I may do that, but I, 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 if I, I've always taken it as Another name, I'm just looking at the list right here. What about Todd Balls? The thing about Todd Bowles, man, like, this is my thing with hiring defensive-minded coaches. And I don't know why they do this. Defensive-minded coaches 
struggle to evolve. And they got this mentality to where they got to have their fingers on everything, every aspect of the football team. You know what I'm saying? You even see it in college, bro. Like, they're very conservative. The majority of the offense is very run-dominant. You know what I'm saying? Even in Minnesota, their offense runs to a running back. Despite them having uh, Jefferson, uh, what the other guy, the white guy name is, the wide receiver? Dealing. You know, weapons. I mean, I think he's held them back. You know? I read it. I mean, I just, that's just me, man. I read it. I was just weighed out and give you the better job, man. Like a, like Minnesota or something. Or the Chicago job. Then again, like Chicago, man, they just, they got history of just not drafting right on offense. Uh, what was I going to say? The one thing I'll say about defensive coaches, that point about running the ball, at first I just felt like they just did it for physicality. But the reason why they do that, so I saw it, and it was a good point. They do it so their defenses aren't on the field as long. That's why they do that. <laughs> yeah, just like Tyler Bulls just like lack creativity. So wherever he hire, wherever he goes, he needs to. It's, it's, it's imperative that he hires a good OC, a good OC, yeah. and stay out of the way. That's what every uh, defensive guy. He was. I told. I don't know if I told you this. When he was with the Jets, he wanted to hire Matt Nagy. It'll be interesting if if he does that now that he's available, or does he try to bring Byron Leftwich or find someone else? But I feel like I think he deserves another shot. He, he's a good enough coach. He may even if Bruce Arians retires, he could maybe replace him in Tampa Bay. In as, but uh, Todd Bowles definitely deserves another shot. For sure, yeah, he's already. He's the last coach that leads the Jets to win records. Yeah, that's another good point. Who? Yeah, I mean. Yeah. He went 10-6 with the Jets, and I think it was in 2015. Yeah, the year that he had Fitzpatrick, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, he showed the ability that he can win. I'm not, that's why I'm not high on Dennis, because at least Raheem and them, Raheem and Bowles had winning season. They, they had some times where they had some success. The Dennis Allen era in, 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 with the Raiders, I don't even want to. Let me agree. He had, though. Nope. <laughs> he had Jamal and Russell, man. Like, yeah, Derek Carr. Yeah, he did. Then they fired him, and they fired him that year. That was the year he got fired. Yeah, I'm guessing it was a year. Yeah, he drafted Derek Carr. Oh, yeah, he did, Derek Carr. Yeah, man, that just me. I wouldn't. I or or I'll take the gym with the Denver job. Oh, that's a sneaky good job because talent wise, they're there. Just be a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. I just back away. They're like the Bucks. If you think about it, a few years ago, they get a quarterback. I think they can win a Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers, he's been remarried. Russell Wilson, someone else. You, I thought you know Benjamin Albright. I follow him. Uh, he's, he put, he's all right. He's too bad. He's all right. He's cool. Yeah, he's funny sometimes. He's cool. What about Mayfield to Denver? I'm not saying he's a game changer, but if you can't get an elite quarterback, I don't think that's a bad. Uh, how do I, what's the right word? Constellation prize. If you can't get, if you can't get one of these elite quarterbacks, he's better yeah. than Brit. What about a Baker for a Bridgewater trade? Why would they even do that, man? Why would you? Cleveland gets worse. <laughs> yeah, they do. I, I don't know. I don't know about that. 
they may just need to change the scene. They're both they're both about equal quarterbacks, so maybe that's why he done did. I don't think it's an upgrade. It'll just, just be a change of scenery. That'd be it. Hey, one, one last one last question, man. One last question. Do y'all think Josh McDaniels overrated? No. Now, I think he deserves another shot. The question is, deserve a shot? He had a shot. He didn't yeah. take it. Uh, yeah. Endeavor. Yeah. Well, my thing is, well, he actually—I don't see nothing he does like, though. Go to the job and not hey. go back on the like he did with the Colts. I don't see nothing he does though. With his offense, that's spectacular. Besides, yeah, um, like, bubble passes to wide, yeah. running backs and wide receivers. Yeah, he's good at scheming. Think about what he's doing with Mac Jones and what he was able to get out of. What camping. he did with him. What he did with him. <laughs> He helped them get to the playoffs. Now the defense. But defense, good. man, bro, is he? Mac Jones got exposed, bro. When he, they're down by a large deficit and they have to throw it, he struggles. He got exposed, man. I don't know. I'm not gonna say he got exposed. He's a rookie. He's still learning, but to to get them to the playoffs, that's pretty good in his rookie season. That's really, really, in my I would, opinion. If I'm a GM, I wouldn't consider Josh McDaniels, man. Because I think he's a little overrated. I consider him whether I ultimately hire him. I, don't I wouldn't even consider him. It depends on my situation. But I wouldn't consider him. <laughs> Let me I tell you how I consider him, man. The enemy, Dennis Allen, Left Witch. Uh, that's my top three. And I like uh, Raheem Morris-ish. What about Brian Dable? And, uh, yeah, Brian Dable. That's my five right there. Everybody else? What about, uh, I think you said it earlier, uh, one time, Pep Hamilton. Yeah, Pep. Pep's so underrated, man. Pep Hamilton. Uh, who else? Yeah, that's about it, man. Everybody else? Suspect. He needs to get him a situation where he's calling plays. He's in Houston, like- right? Yeah, but Tim Kelly's calling plays. But the reason why they did that is they thought Deshaun Watson was going to be back. So they wanted continuity there. But he needs to get him a situation where you can call play. Because, like, that's the one thing. I'm not saying it should matter because calling plays doesn't mean everything. But I feel like for a black coordinator, you almost have to yeah. get it out because if you don't, they'll use it against you. Yeah, it would. It's messed up. <laughs> it is. It's, it, it's messed up, man. We got it. So many things come against us, man. These jobs is just we gotta dominate every time we get an opportunity, you know. But anyways, man, that's all we have for y'all for right now, man. Give us a like, comment, subscribe, listen to us through YouTube. Let us know your thoughts on these uh, topics we talked about. If you listen to us, to us, to uh, Apple, give us a five star rating, leave a comment, leave a review. Let us know how you feel. Hate, comment, like, subscribe, and let us know. Also, check out StrikeSevenSports.com for his content on the NFL, the NBA, and much more. Where we have the uh, college football playoff preview and prediction coming up. Uh, Raiders Chargers is our uh, game of the week prediction for this week. Our final uh, prediction game for this uh, 2021 season. And also, we'll be doing a top 14 playoff, top NFL playoff power rankings post. It should be coming out next week. And we also be... Uh, Get into the NBA season and uh, Memphis basketball as well. That's all we have for y'all for right now. Have a blessed night. Happy New Year. Peace. We out.